Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Well, hello. This is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and uh, happy to be your podcast co- uh, host for uh, this episode, which I think you're going to love. Uh, this is the part where I uh, also say that Agency Revolution is the creator of uh, some kind of um marketing tool for independent insurance agencies. Here's what I'm going to say first. Uh, as you p- probably know, if you've been a, uh, a listener of this podcast or a follower of mine, I sold my interest in uh, this company, which I founded over 10 years ago, Agency Revolution. Uh, I sold my interest three and a half years ago. And uh, and so I've uh, my association with it really largely is uh, I love to do this podcast, love to do this podcast. Um, but I haven't seen the product for three and a half years. Um, yes, uh, may have had some influence over the direction of the product and the, uh, the philosophical underpinnings of the product. Um, and, uh, maybe some influence over, over some, uh, some of the important features, but I haven't seen it for three and a half years. Uh, I had the opportunity, uh, to have Joel Zwicker from Agency Revolution show me a little bit of the of the uh, product now, like three and a half years later. And I, and I was floored um, at how, how well-developed it is, how sophisticated it is, but how easy it is to use. So if you haven't seen it for a while, <laughs> now I'll get into, uh, I'll get into the message. Uh, make sure that you uh, take a look at Fuse. It's the insurance marketing software that will boost your retention, uh, boost your policy per customer count, um, and basically increase the depth and the length of your relationship with your customers without you having to hire more staff, programmers, or technologists. If you haven't done it lately, visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo of their award-winning software today. Uh, All righty. So, uh, a couple of words about this conversation. My guest, Jay Wayne Traub, has been a guest before, and I'm thrilled to bring him back. Uh, this is one thing I've done. There, there's some things that in my life are consistent. Doing this podcast is one I've been doing it for more than four years, just about every single week, and it's always fun for me. This is a fun conversation, and I was thrilled to be able to bring Jay back. Jay is the co-founder and CEO of InsureTech Connect. Um, I think it's the largest insurance conference in the world, but I'm certain it's the largest one in the insure tech industry. Uh, I went to it. I've been to it a couple of times and it's grown uh, like from seed to, I think it, uh, in 2019, 8,000 people in Las Vegas. Boom. Really, really big conference, really important conference in the industry. Uh, and then, of course, last year, uh, there was no conference in Las Vegas uh, but they had ten to 12,000 people registered for the digital version of the conference. So Jay's at the intersection of insurance and technology um, with his company, InsureTech Connect. 
And um, so this conversation uh, is a deep dive into the direction of InsureTech, how that's affecting agencies today, uh, kind of the surprising year InsureTech had in the pandemic and the amount of funding that it got and what that means about, um, oh, the rapid pace of change in the industry. Uh, Jay shares his perspective on what agency principals really should do to uh, get digital in their agency. Uh, and and we talk a little bit about what that means to get digital. Um, and Jay, um, at the end of the conversation, hang in uh, for that. Uh, Jay delivers a really important message um, about oh, kind of the, the single most important thing. Uh, it's his uh, it's his wake up call, perhaps, to the industry. The thing you should pay attention to, and it's not technology, so it's a bit of a surprise. So, uh, without further ado. Other than to say, if you haven't done it, connect with me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Follow Agency Revolution on LinkedIn. Uh, if uh, if I could ever see your name on a five-star review for this podcast, I'd be thrilled and you'd have my infinite thanks. Um, and uh, now, without further ado, uh, it's a great privilege to bring you into this conversation with Jay Weintraub. Jay Weintraub, thanks so much for joining us again. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I'm having you back. So you must have been a pretty good guest the first time. <laughs> uh. um, well, so a lot has happened uh, in your life and in your business um, and in the world in general since uh, you and I had our last um, recorded conversation. Uh, so before we dive into that, uh, if you would, let's just take a moment and tell us who you are. Yeah. So Jay Weintraub, co-founder and CEO of InsureTech Connect. And most people know us as being the annual event in Las Vegas that brings the innovation uh, insurance industry together. And you've been operating this, as I recall from previous conversation, I think you're coming up on your sixth year. Right. Yes, yes. I wanted to say year five, but it'll be our fifth Vegas show, uh, but it'll right. be the sixth year. I, I seem okay. conveniently forgot about 2020 when I was thinking about it. Yeah. Going to do everything you can to forget about 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, in in 2019, that would have been your fourth year. Um, what was what was the attendance in Las Vegas? We had 7,000 people from, I believe, just over 60 countries. That's okay. So huge. Uh, I mean, so, so you went from zero to uh, 7,000 people in four years. So congratulations. That's huge. Oh, thanks. Thanks. And, and by the and way... A, a, well, I've been there. I've been there a couple of times, and uh, and I recommend it. I highly recommend it to my listeners. Um, not only the insurtechs and kind of the periphery of the agency force that listens to the podcast, but to agents as well. So I'm going to dive into that here in a moment. But first, uh, I have juicy questions for you. Oh, okay, great. Okay? All right. Um. Well, so. You know, as as we've established, um, InsureTech Connect has been around for six years and did not exist prior to that. It's grown tremendously, so that that alone must say something. So I'm starting with kind of the big picture here. What do you see as the trends and forces that have allowed this phenomena to thrive in the way that it has? I mean, it really is kind of a magical collision of forces. And sometimes, right, it's easier to look back and think about it. 
And some of these things happen, but they don't fall into place. So you know, consumer demands were changing. Consumer expectations are changing. But that alone is not enough, right? If there weren't, you know, I'd say entrepreneurs and individuals that said, I want to do something different. I think it should be a little bit easier or there should be better products. You know, that too, probably not enough. We needed to have money that said, I think this is interesting. I think it's valuable. And you also had to have, you think about it, the incumbents. If the incumbents didn't have any interest in partnering or didn't care at all what was happening, you know, it might not have happened. But you certainly, we had all of those things come together and it paved the way for, you know, I mean, is it once in a generation, you know, sort of innovation in insurance? Maybe, but it's certainly, it's a lot. So you identified uh, four, th four forces that seem to be like uh, creating a, a confluence and, and making something new, right? So here's from my notes. You say consumer behavior is changing. Entrepreneurs are, uh, I suppose, recognizing that change and attempting to uh, uh, take advantage of an opportunity or, or create a solution. There's money that's available, which is huge. Yeah, and yeah, and, and incumbents saw the opportunity. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, so let's break them down just a little bit for a moment. Changes in consumer behavior. What do you think are the critical changes in consumer behavior that are allowing, well, your, uh, your phenomena to develop, but clearly also just changing the life of the, uh, of the insurance industry? You know, what, what is, what's the consumer doing differently? I think it's probably a little bit too easy to say the mobile phone or the iPhone, but it is at least a very, you know, sort of uh, not too far off. And as we think about, you know, the iPhone and in, in lots of talk about, oh, right, computer in the palm of your hand, but it really sort of ushered in this things need to connect with each other. They should be quick. They should be easy. And everyone should be able to do it. And it's one thing you think about Apple and it's in the 80s and the you know, sort of this graphical user interface. But you, know, you think about how many computers there were that didn't change anything. But so there was this tipping point, just as there was a tipping point of broadband in the early you know, sort of 2000s. There's a tipping point in the number of people that now expect things to work a certain way. And that's what we walked into in, in sort of insurance. So that's kind of the segue to the second um thing that you had mentioned, which is entrepreneurs, um, as they always are, as we always are, uh, looking to solve a problem or uh, take advantage of, a, of an opportunity where there's some, some juice there. Um, I, so in, in my podcast series, I've been um, pleasantly, oh, um, surprised, uh, I suppose, or pleased hmm. uh, simply to see how these entrepreneurs are sort of coming from um, all over. Uh, uh, you know, people who are from outside the industry, you know, like a conversation, uh, what was it, conversation this morning with an MIT grad who who just saw a terrific opportunity to create something that hadn't existed in the industry before, or conversation yesterday with a longtime um, insurance, um, oh, you know, uh, uh, an insurance player, an entrepreneur who saw an opportunity, you know, at a very different level. And so, so one brought analysis and technology expertise uh, and the other one brought industry expertise and they had to kind of you know balance their they had to find the other skills you know the the outsider had to really find insurance 
skills and partners. The insider had to find technology skills and partners. It seems that um, the um, the drive to change or um, uh, bring this industry up to date is coming from all over the place. No, you're absolutely right. And you know, Caribou and I, you know, we talk a lot about it. And Caribou Honig, my co-founder, we talked a lot in the early days about the audience of one. And it's amazing how powerful an audience of one can be. And you think about some of the companies that we know today, and I think Uber is an, an example where it wasn't a big analysis over the industry of like car services and taxi cabs. It was, hey, this thing doesn't work the way I want it to, and why not? And you know, so we had people with certain technical skills, people that said, you know, we're probably becoming consumers of insurance for the first time that said, I don't get it. Why doesn't it work this way? And that's happened all throughout history where people say it should work differently. But, you know, it's the difference between it being sort of a stop on a map and like an actual destination is when enough of people are happening all at once, you get this like outcropping of support and infrastructure and it feeds upon itself. And yeah, that's what we've seen. Okay. Uh, so segue to the, <laughs> to the third item on yeah. your list is, is, is money, right? So yeah. Um, while there are um, insure techs that uh, are bootstrapping and have, you know, they do do pretty well, at least, uh, you know, maybe small scale, but bootstrapping and running it on their own. Um, clearly, a ton of money has come into this industry through insure tech. And it seems like, I mean, I, honestly, in my, in, you know, uh, I, I see things getting funded now that I thought, well, three or four years ago, I don't think they would have been funded. What do you think's going on there? Yeah, I think that is also one of these things where it's, uh, you know, the, the venture investment is really, you know, sort of like fascinating in that it is a, I don't want to say it's a herd mentality. That's not quite fair. But we think about where does capital flow? It flows into, it loves big markets. It loves markets that are fragmented. It loves markets that haven't undergone a lot of change. And, you know, these are all things that insurance has part of the, you know, sort yeah, of magic. it sounds like, it sounds yeah. like you're talking about the insurance yeah, industry. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, it, it loves things where there's a generational, you know, sort of gaps I mean, it loves all of these things and it loves it too, where, and, and, the, and the, the, the secret sauce, if you will, is there has to be enough traction and enough wins along the way. You know, so when you look at something like a lemonade, where a lot of people had a lot of things to say about it in the early days, I'm, they still do, but you know, I think it peaked at, you know, is it ten billion dollars, and is it is it somewhere around eight billion dollars now on the market cap? But you, you know, big check mark of a company has been formed, and it is now worth eight to ten billion dollars on the public markets, and so we've had enough of those sort of like you know returns that it keeps fueling. Hey, there must be a there, there, and that is a sort of a, a key thing. Is also how does insurance look compared to other sectors. And, you know, and, and it's, again, not back to herd mentality, but I think there's a saying that I forget who told it to me, but it's one of my favorites is rarely do people want to be first, but, you know, people love to be first to be second. I, I can't say that enough. And that's the same thing with, oh, look, something's happening here. I want to be we first to be there. second. I want to okay. be first to be second. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be last, but I may not be the first one there. Um, don't want to be first, don't want to be last, but yeah, yeah don't, don't want to be third either. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you think about enterprise sales, you um, know, the, the like 18 months it might take to win a customer, you know, and that's, that's a long time to get a customer. So you need, it's very hard to bootstrap. 
So for a lot of these things where it's a long sales yeah. cycle, yeah, you need money. <laughs> or right, if you're starting a you know a, a carrier from scratch and you're going to hold like you need money. A lot of these things take money. Okay. Uh, yes. Item number four. Four. Um, the incumbents um, being willing to participate. Um, so see, talk to us a little bit about that one. No, I think because there th are... this is an in, this is an industry that's it's it's got a legacy, right? And so, uh, yeah, tell me what your what your thought is on that. You know, I think when we were first starting and Carib and I had first conversations in 2015, one of the key signals was, are there board level conversations where people are saying the way we're doing business today at successful firms, the way we're doing business today is not going to guarantee us our same exact position in the future. And so that was like a first prerequisite. And the second prerequisite was, is technology and innovation, you know, are those going to be key components? Because I think we have to separate out IT from innovation. You know, at some point when it becomes integral to running the business, you know, it is sort of like IT. It keeps you going. But then there's the what's next, what's mm -hmm. pushing the envelope. And, and so that had to the willingness to not just support what was there, but to say, if we don't try to disrupt ourselves to some degree, someone else might. And, and that takes attitude and it takes money yeah. internally. And those things also came together. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So now um, it, it seems that we're in an insurance world that really is, oh, you know, kind of regularly it's flooding in with new technologies. It's got some... Uh, established insure techs that, uh, you know, certainly gained a foothold and got some scale. Uh, you see this trend continuing. Yeah, I think what's been interesting over the last, you know, sort of during the pandemic is we saw a temporary freeze on a lot of the startup investing while, you know, investors were trying to figure out what actually was happening. And I would say quicker than most people thought by June or certainly by July, you saw some very, very <laughs> healthy rounds coming in, very sizable. And I think the biggest difference, you know, so that the total funding for 20 was very similar to 19. In fact, I think the last quarter of 20 mm -hmm. was bigger than the last quarter of 19, but it's sort of to the winners go the spoils. And I think this is where we're, you know, I'm intrigued and you know, I continue to be intrigued, which is you know, all of these great guys, you know, a lemonade, a hippo, right? They all start somewhere and they all need someone to take a chance on it. And so, you know, I am, you know, there's a, a VC called AV8 and they're an early stage investor, you know, LP of an incumbent. And it's exciting to talk to someone like that because they want to do early stage. And that's still what's like, what's needed is people who said like, okay, I'm going to help you get going. And, and again, keep this, you know, sort of the ground very fertile. All right, so let's uh, let's dive down and talk about um, the real world and day-to-day -day life of running an independent insurance agency. So clearly, um, it's not <clears throat> 25 years ago um, when an insurance agency principal <clears throat> had to make like one big tech decision, should I get an agency management system, right? And that was, uh, in some ways, it was not dissimilar. It was, it was a, it was a generational issue. Uh, at that time, 
25 ish years ago, I was, I was running the, um, uh, trade association affiliates on the West coast of the U S and, uh, and so part of my job was to provide, you know, some platform for, uh, agents to learn about agency management systems. And, and, and that was a big decision. And a lot of the, the older agents, um, they just chose not to, and it was easier to to sell or to merge and to kind of move on. But it was a big, you know, it was like, hey, I, I've been using paper files for, you know, 35 years here. Um, now, tech decisions almost seem like a daily uh, 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 decision. Uh, in, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the agency principal, huh, um, depending on the, uh, the depending on the fortitude of the gatekeeper, might get sure. inbound calls every single day from you know some sales rep from you know InsureTex. Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're going to pick up their trade magazine or they're going to look at uh, on, you know on the online trade mags and you know it's going to be technology technology. Uh, they might even subscribe to you know like the tech only like you know some of the digital or InsureTech only publications. Um, and it's not uncommon for them to feel bewildered, confounded, <laughs> confused. Um, so it's in some ways challenging time for, um, for the insurance agency principal. Given that environment, you know, what do you say to, to a principal who's got to work their way through this myri these myriad of choices? So I've got a couple of things. One, one is actually serious, which is uh, make sure to have some interns for the business because you think about a lot of this and it's a lot of, again, what's driving it, the core is sort of like user behavior and changes in expectation. So you want to have someone that is sort of digitally native infused into it because that also says how are people spending their time, like where, you know, how else are you going to hear about things like Clubhouse? And it's like all of a sudden it sort of, it explodes. And then they're like, well, what is this thing? Do we need to spend time there? And so I think part of it is, you know, kind of you need to have your own sort of like technology scout. I think the other thing that's important is don't forget the fundamentals. So, you know, technology is only a tool. And, you know, if you either don't have the willingness to embed it, if you don't have anyone that can help you run it, uh, it alone is not going to help. Uh, I think when it comes to judging, you know, uh, potential vendors, it is also a, you know, I think you have to be very clear about what you're trying to solve for. Is it something that's very near term? Is it something that is a functional item? Oh, you know, like I spend a lot of time on paperwork and compliance. Oh, is it something you know, like, you no, know, it's really just marketing and I want more people coming, you know, knocking on my proverbial front door. So I think being very aware of your own key challenges versus, because it helps you sort of be less overwhelmed by what's going there. And, you know, it's not to meant to be a plug for our show, but I think one thing that has been helpful about our show is not just how many people and different companies are there in one spot, but it's also a level of seriousness because anyone can send an email, but to go to a show is an expense, right? It's a hotel, it's a plane flight, you know, it's a lot of things. It's the show mm -hmm. ticket. And so, you know, people who have spent money to be there is a little bit more serious than someone who's just trying, you know, to, to see if you like their idea um, as well. So I think, I think those are some of the thoughts that come to my mind when trying to navigate the uh, sort of the almost at times overwhelming options that seem to be out there. 
So where do you see this going? Uh, just more of the same, or you know, how, how do you see this trend shaping up in the future? Oh, I think there's, you know, if I say more of the same, I actually think that's a good thing, because more of the same means that there's been products that have been created that never existed before. You know, that means there's companies. I think about, um, you know, like Newfront is a completely digital broker, and you know, like they're incredibly tech first. And so it's one of those where it's like, I hope there's more of the same because they look at some of these roll-ups and they look at some of these other things and say, you're not, you're not going to invest. So, right. You're just going to try to cut costs, cut costs. And, you know, we're going to come in and actually figure out how to serve the clients better. We're going to pick risk better. We're going to be there for them better. You know, to me, more of the same is, you know, there's a company that I think of three companies that I've spoken to that didn't exist I say didn't exist a year ago. It's maybe a little bit of a of a it sounds better. Maybe 16 months ago, but you know, it's a company called Agent Sync, and I love the story. Someone that was in compliance saw how hard it was to you know sort of like manage licensures and said, "There's got to be a better way to do you know sort of like compliance." Or I think about a brand new startup that's called uh, Signal Advisors, and it's like a, a digital first IMO, and you know sort of saying, "Hey, right." Like, how do we, you know, sort of help you grow your business? But a lot of it is on, you know, sort of seamless access to products uh, that are out there. Or a third one that didn't exist, uh, but also very much for the agents and brokers. It's a company called Trust Layer. Uh, and it's, you know, and I think where some of these have in common is, you know, it's we're finally at a point where some of these problems that we all knew existed there are companies that are getting the funding to live long enough to solve them because we all know that paperwork or, you know, proof of insurance is a real pain in the butt. Like how much time do your, you know, do customers spend having to collect proof of insurance? And yet, you know, like it should be something that is done seamlessly digitally. And we all knew it would be, but now we're finally seeing solutions that exist, uh, you know, to do it. So yes, more of the same is not a bad thing in my Okay, mind. so yeah. not a bad thing. Uh, so, well, you said something really interesting. Uh, so on one hand, I'm going to circle back to a point you made. On one hand, it, it sounds like you see an industry where uh, digitization, where technology seeps deeper and deeper into the agency solving this problem and that problem. And so, that, so an agency can adopt more digital solutions, but... You had, uh, I think, mentioned an agency that basically is digital. Uh, so it's not it's so it's not just that there are agencies like traditional agencies adopting innovative new tools, but I think you're also saying, hey, there are probably more agencies that will not be traditional agencies. They'll be um, all digital. You see yes. more of that happening. Yes. Yes. I and again, I think it's. It is not easy, so it's not an easy shingle. Whether if you're going to be a you know, buzzword full stack, you know, sort of digital broker, it's really hard to do. So it's I don't think we're going to see you know 50 of them. You know I do think we'll see you know more and more digital brokers. So or you know I would say you know, people that are selling digitally, but not necessarily having their own AMS, not necessarily working towards their own programs ah. and getting that much you know, sort of like deeper versus, you know, they, they are, they don't have 
you know, the, the infrastructure is more like an e-commerce infrastructure. I think we see a lot more of Got those it. to support e-commerce style sales. We'll see a lot fewer. I've built every part of this value chain myself so that I can go build better programs and win oh, better business and build yeah. better tools for my agents, et cetera. That, that's huge. Okay. So I, I see a little bit of a spectrum. The traditional agency that just doesn't want to adopt uh, 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 contemporary technology, they're probably in trouble. The traditional agency that does adopt uh, contemporary technology, they're probably going to do fine. Then I'm kind of moving up the ladder. The digital agency that really can, like, can work remotely um, and does that um, using tools that are available in the marketplace. But then you've created like category four, okay? There, or, or you identified category four, the, the agency that actually builds their own tools. So have you seen examples so I, of that? Well, I think like, and they're the, not going to build everything, but they're like, yeah. you're saying they're building some of their, their core functionality. So yeah. And the one that comes to mind, it's called new front. And, uh, you know, it, it comes to mind because when I think about the, you know, what is it that someone would be afraid of? If, you know, if I'm a producer or you know, if I'm a principal, what am I really afraid of? You know, I mean, yeah, I'm afraid of, you know, not growing. I'm afraid of, but what I'd really hate to do is, is somebody have a better mousetrap so that one of my key producers leaves. If somebody that produces for me can go somewhere else and make dramatically more money because that place has better tools for them and they spend less time doing other stuff mm -hmm. and are better able to serve like that. That's actually, I think a, it's something that the insure tech world doesn't talk about that much because it's not as, you know, sort of, it may not be as sexy, but it's a powerful, uh, I think it's a powerful advantage to have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> this is 2021. Um, <clears throat> and I know you're happy that it's not 2020. <laughs> Um, so tell us what's up with InsureTech Connect, um, in Las Vegas in November. Is it November this year again? So it's uh, October 4th through 6th this year. So uh, our... oh, a little or earlier than I thought, I guess. Okay. October 4th through 6th at the MGM again. So we actually have moved to the Mandalay Bay this year. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Nice hotel. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. What tell, so tell us a little bit about what's up. What can people expect? Yeah, I think what we are probably most excited about is the resiliency that the insurance industry has shown. So we think about 2020, it caused all of us to be more digital. And it was also an amazing stress test for so much of both, you know, the fundamentals of the industry, the insure tech side of the industry. And you know, I think we've come through with that with a better appreciation for, you know, that the uh, you know, again, this sort of like digital way of doing business is here to stay. And I think it only then makes, you know, what InsureTech Connect does to be more relevant uh, in someone's live. Again, for us, what was really important was it you know, wanted to make sure that people want to be together. So we spent a lot of time, uh, you know, sort of asking people, hey, like, you still want to get together in person? You still see it? And love the fact if one of the Many, many positives came out of 2020, as much as it's easy to sort of uh, say bad things about the year. Uh, you know, positives were that it caused us to sort of like become more digital, but 
not only that, it really showed the value of what happens when you are face to face. So to have people who are eager and excited and optimistic, of course, we can't control what happens. Of course, we are, you know, sort of safety is the most important thing in our mind. But just knowing that people want to get back together, uh, yeah, it just, it's exciting for us. Okay, so I, I think perhaps in the past years, um, a, a lot of people saw this conference as kind of a confluence of investors, um, intermediaries, uh, incumbents, and uh, and the tech crowd, right? Um, and now I noticed that, like, in, in the second time I attended, it seemed like I saw more faces that I recognized, which meant that there were more agents there. Um Number one, do you see that as a continuing trend? And number two, for agents who haven't been there, why should they? So I think it is a trend that we certainly want to continue. We did launch an event within an event at ITC called Agency Connect. It's something that we are continuing to do for this year. And it sort of it is sort of like a marketplace at the end of the day. You know, you need a critical mass of both sides. So when I was mentioning those three companies earlier, it's 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 part of it. Because if there isn't enough things that are relevant for an agent to, to see, then it makes the event not worth it. When I think about who should, you know, sort of attend, right, if you don't have any money or, you know, sort of on technology, you don't really care. You have like one tool. It's back to the AMS. Don't come, right? You're not going to find the sort of the value. You have to want to understand what's coming around the horizon. You have to be open-minded about what people are working on you know, sort of that are there. I think what I will say is it's not a, there's a lot of tech stuff, but it's not a tech, you know, person's conference. You don't have to be technical, right? This is very much around ah. tools to try to move your business forward. And that's why I love that you like, you're there and your familiar faces are there. Cause it's not like, oh, my system administrator is going to go there. It's, it's no, no, what, let me see what they have that can make my life better, you know, sort of, Help me do more business. So, so if an agent goes there, they will see technology companies that might be able to help their business, right? No they, doubt about it. They'll probably no doubt about it. have an opportunity to perhaps hear presentations from them. They will likely have uh, an opportunity to, uh, in some cases, speak with them personally. And then the, the trade show is one of the biggest trade shows I've ever seen. So they're going to be able to, they could camp out in that trade show for a couple of days. Yeah. They can... They, they can go talk to representatives of, Absolutely. well, pretty much, Absolutely. pretty much every insure tech. Lots of content, lots of people to visit, and, you know, a lot of tools to try to help people set meetings as well. A lot of social functions to try to help people bump into each other outside of just the hallways. But it really is. I mean, I think you, you have to be someone that is, this is not a continuing education conference. So it's someone that you know, sort of, again, this is a value, uh, you know, and, and are curious about what others are doing, where insurance as an industry is headed, how it may impact them. And so I, I just, you know, I think we, we want people to go there with the right mindset, because if they do, then absolutely they will find value. Marvelous. Okay. Um, I, I have one last question before we, you know, kind of get to, to the final, final. Um, so, uh, Jay, if you had an opportunity to stand on my soapbox for what it's worth and deliver a message to the industry, a non-commercial message about, or just something they should pay attention to, what is it that you'd want to say? 
No, I'd say <clears throat> pay attention to, you know, sort of like I will go with advice that is never changing based on technology, which is what do your customers, what are they saying and what are they feeling? And how do you get more of your day dedicated to that? And so how can you spend as much time as possible knowing that you're helping them with what they're feeling and what they need and becoming experts on them? That's what I would say. Be experts on your customers. Be experts on your customers. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I love that. Okay. Uh, Jay, so um, we've got a little bit of time between now and when, uh, you know, between now and October. Uh, there seem, seems to be a, a pretty good sense that um, the vaccinations are rolling out and people are, no doubt, people are kind of busting at the seams to uh, get out of the house, uh, maybe stop homeschooling for a little bit. Um, so, <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, so there, there's probably some, um, oh, some, some built up, uh, you know, built up uh, anticipation to, you know, for some conferences and to, and to reconnect with the industry. Uh, if listeners want to find out more about ITC, um, what should they know? What should they do? Well, I would say first place to stop is certainly going to be our website at insuretechconnect.com. I would say they can absolutely email you because I suspect that you will have a uh, friend, uh, you know, a friendly discount for them as well. And of course, oh, they can email right? us. Oh, okay. Absolutely, am I, am I they, offering it. All right, I'm you are. You are. To. All right, you are absolutely <laughs> offering a discount to them. Uh, you know, the <clears throat> Michael Jan special. And then I, I think we will. Uh, and of course, they can email me if they have any questions. I'm just jay at insuretechconnect.com. Okay, one one last question, and it may not matter yeah. when they try to type it in the URL. But how do you spell yeah. insuretech? So in, we made sure to own J1 both. <clears throat> Yeah, we made sure to own both okay, spellings, you know, the, <laughs> the I-N-S-U-R-E, you know, tech, uh, which is how we always launched. And then, of course, you know, the much maligned, uh, you know, sort of uh, the fact that uh, we lost the spelling battle and it's S, uh, you know, but we have both domains. <laughs> okay. And now we're just more memorable right, this very way. Very good. Yeah. Well, um, well, uh, Jay, as always, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. And I really, um, you know, from my heart to yours, really wish you the best with this conference. I think you're making a tremendous contribution to the industry. Um, so hopefully I'll see you at the Mandalay Bay in October. I, I hope so. We're, we've got some great people and it's a great industry and it makes what we do really fun. Right on. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.